1: This is a podcast from Minute Media
0: <laughs> It would be a wolf eh? spot, <laughs>
1: Hello, hello, hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here for a blockbuster episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Family Network. There is so much to go through today, guys. We're going to try and keep it short, sweet, concise, which is exactly why I've brought Stu Hall and Kim <laughs> on today. How are we both after after yesterday's victory?
2: Was it? Still?
0: Recovering? Still? Still? Oh. The perfect answer. See, but,
2: this is the uh, difference between Stu and I at the moment. You're Lovely
1: professional. professional. I'm
2: yeah. always a professional.
0: The yeah, traditional fan squash.
1: Yeah, throughout the month of January, Kim's professional. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait till fit.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's going to be some boozy recordings. Um, before we get cracking into the game, because, uh, as I said, there's so many kind of key highlights, parts about the game. Um it was the first time Wolves played at Brentford's new stadium. Stu, you were there. What did you think? Because it seems. I'm going to go for quirky. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, break us through. How was how the away day for you?
0: The place, I mean, we've been to Griffin Park loads of times, I maybe mean, three or four times. So we're new, and it's only 15 minutes away. So the area is still the same. You really don't know it's there at all. It's so hidden. Between them, train tracks, and I mean, it's pretty. There, we, we we went to Oxbridge, so we didn't drink in the many um, pubs that Billy recommended on the previous show last week.
2: Oh, uh, there are so, actually like a lot of pubs around, oh, like around yeah, the ground. There's,
0: there's loads. There's absolutely loads. I mean, there's like you said that in different directions, you can you can walk five minutes, and then there's like a cluster at about four or five, and then you move a bit further out it, within say half hours walking distance that probably is about 25 pubs altogether. wow <laughs> but we went to um we went to Oxbridge and we, we uh clocked in at 10 to 10 <laughs> as you do so we, we had um so back on the back of the bus at half one so it's just steady seven points in there all right um so by the time we got to the ground it was thought well let's see what it's all about and we got we parked up And it's a bit like how Wembley is there, where you got all these massive tower blocks and everything. You don't know anything's there until you walk down the road, and then there's this, like you walk down these steps, and there's a stadium there. How how have they even managed to get it in this small, tiny area? And then you look at it from the outside, and it looks okay, it looks fine. It's like a big, like you know, um, at the new Cardiff ground, it's got that kind of grey cladding outside, and it looks a bit terrible. It's like that, but not as bad. But it doesn't look like a ground. And then you walk in and there's stairs going up to different places and nothing's it, – it's not very well signposted, really, but say it's quirky is a massive understatement. It's the weirdest place I've ever been to in my entire life. No, what, no were those, what were those screen,
2: screens as well? Yeah. Like, on your photo, like, I didn't get what those screens were for, like, well, in the ground?
0: Yeah, basically the... – for some mad reason, they've got their big screens on the halfway line (laughs) above the stand. So, if you look at it opposite the the camera, there's a big screen on the top of the roof. (laughs) Not in the corners or behind the goal like normal places. It's on top of the roof on the halfway line and it's the same for the main stand where the cameras are. So, if you're up towards the back of the stands behind the goal, you can't see them because the stand overhangs. So, They've got these little tellies across like across the top. Oh it's a God. it's a genius solution, really, because I mean the, the screen. Or, that don't, we
2: could, or don't put the screens where the main screens where they did, but you know.
0: Yeah, well they could do that. But because you had now sun sun beaming down on on the screen and, and it was literally just in front of you, it was so much easier, like when anything happened, to just look up rather than like looking far away or trying to squint because you're too pissed. It was a really really clever idea i don't know i think i know that ajax have done it like for their screens beyond the goal there's a a smaller screen on the back of that one um and a few places have done it like that but individual tellies along the back of the away end and i think it it looked like it was for their end as well really clever and all the quirky bits where the stand is all like chopped in half and the corners are all strange There's, there's like gull wings kind of holding it all together when you actually look from outside you realise why it's like that It's not, because they've got no space and they've utilised absolutely every inch possible and fair play to them but it is still weird I mean to get to it moves on on the upper tier <laughs> so row 26 or wherever it was and to get there we had to go up some steps but it's all metal stairs as well so it's all banging and you can make a proper racket in there but if you go up the one way then you come to the the upper concourse. If you go down another one of the another vomitry, let's get it right. If you go down another one of them, you end up back down downstairs again. Even though you've just gone down, it, it doesn't make any sense. But it, it was really, really well laid out for what it was, and and how we, the how low the roof was, and because they had all the all the beams and everything underneath rather than top. You made a proper racket in there and I presume you could hear us all on the on the through the telly anyway.
1: Yeah. No, it it yeah. I mean you usually do pick up the away fans more in in fence, but you could probably hear uh, the Wolves fans on Saturday. Um say so go going to the starting lineup, bit of a surprise considering I don't think we would heard much about uh, Jimenez being injured. So Silver starts up top with Podent midfield free of Donk, Neves, Matinho, and then, you know, same as it was against um, Southampton the week before. Kim, what did you think of the initial line-up? I mean, uh, you know, it as say, sort of passed, I guess, the surprise around um, Jimenez being uh, out.
2: Yeah, obviously, as you said, it was, it was a shock because it hadn't been publicised anywhere, and initially I thought, oh, maybe it's COVID, and then, um, I think on Twitter I saw that it was reported he was um Raul was injured. Um but honestly I quite I felt quite positive generally because I think we got overrun um in the first fixture, didn't we, against Brentford in centre midfield. So it kind of made sense to put an extra body in there anyway. And then obviously with Pudent and Silver playing up top, I was quite encouraged basically because how well they played in the cup against Sheffield United, they linked up really well. Um so yeah, I was I don't think you you, you couldn't have asked for a different team than that, you know. Crayolay was never gonna start with all of the all of the rumours with against with Tottenham. Um and I don't think Trincao really has done enough to, to warrant a start. So yeah, all in all, I, I couldn't see any any problems with the lineup and I was glad to see obviously Gomez as well start again. So yeah, no complaints from me.
1: Yeah, same. Stu, I think it felt <laughs> very much Kim sort of said, like lessons learned from the first time we played them with the midfield yeah. three.
0: Yeah, like, like she said, we were that's where we were dicked, well and truly, <laughs> in that first game. So it was and then Duncan does do that job well and obviously get into it, but I thought he did he played really well as well. I mean, we, we've we criticised him more than anyone else on here, I think, me and Q. So, fair's fair. He came in, did the job that he was meant to do. He did it really well. But, yeah, the, the real thing was weird because, I mean, you hear, you always hear rumours and the little, uh, little tinkerings on Twitter come through that, oh, something's happened to him I and mean, there's been a fight or whatever. But there was nothing at all until the team came out. So... You know, hopefully it's nothing serious and no one's really said anything about it, which is weird. But, yeah, like you said, Pudence deserves his start now and he's kind of cemented himself in the team. I was, I mean, I was confident anyway after last week and going into this and how Brentford and Thomas Wank has been on about it all week. Oh, poor us against Man United. Well, he's clearly got a screw loose anyway. So if we put a bit of pressure on him, they're gonna fold, and he did at the end again. Snapped. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that, but
1: we we have got so much to build up to that <laughs> crescendo of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, i was going to say the first half wasn't massively great. I mean, there, there was two big stoppages that didn't help. I mean, but the one that I made while I was watching the game, um, was. I think I've described it on Twitter as for being a bit Stoke-like in terms of how direct they were, the, the focus on these uh, big throw-ins. Obviously, they play in red and white stripes. So that was my cue. But they, I kind of moved away from that and thought they're a bit more like Huddersfield when they came up. And I think it might just be because David Wagner reminds me a bit of Thomas Franks. <laughs> but there, there was something like Yeah, just, I know, it's, it's something quite... Ah, oh, this can sound really dickheadish, and it's not meant to, and almost elitist. There's almost something quite unPremier Leaguey about that, in terms of that style of play. Because at Molyneux, they weren't that direct, surely. But then I think I look at remember the goals, and actually they did kind of go quite high and fast with it. But especially the throw-ins, that was that was another level, right?
2: I think at Molyneux, though, didn't they? I think they have got a fair few injuries, which has meant that
1: yeah.
2: I think a lot of their – they lost a lot of quality in their in their first 11. Mm. But as you said, watching the game back, and I've had to just – re, even though I wasn't at the game, so I did watch it yesterday, but just sort of sitting back and just re-watching, it's interesting now to just focus on how – how direct they actually were. Every time they got the ball, it was, to be fair, a positive pass forward. But a lot of those those balls were like long, hopeful balls. Like, And even in the first half, although we didn't play as well as the second half, we never looked in real danger. They were literally just... any. The only danger was obviously their long throws where any team can almost look in trouble. But... With the keeper that we've got, you always felt that we weren't going to, and the defence obviously, we weren't going to concede a a soft goal. But yeah, I do agree. I think they are pretty (laughs) anti-football. They are. I
0: mean, it is no surprise because watching them in the Championship, they did play like that a lot of the times. It's very functional. It's very... It's not like not
2: where... that much though. Stuart. Like I'm sure they literally used to pass the ball a little bit
0: more. Like... Oh no! They, this is this is yeah. what I'm saying. They they know when to mix it up. They're mm-hmm. not like they were under Dean Smith when he was there, and it was all on the butt on the floor and passing around all nice triangles. They've got a bit of both about them, and I think, like you said, because of the injuries, they've kind of had to play to the strength of the players that they've got on the pitch, and that's meant that they've gone a bit more direct than they probably want to do. So. Yeah, it was – it wasn't pretty to watch, though. And that collision was bad. It was a bad one. Yeah,
1: I mean uh, (laughs) – You heard
0: uh, it again, and after what happened with Raul, it was like, oh, no.
1: Yeah, and I think it was interesting because it came from, like, a bit of a succession of pressure that they had. And Sard did it a couple of times that game, and we showed a great clip of him, like, barging past players to get to the edge of a box as quickly as possible. But that the incident came from him breaking to the edge of a box and, you know – um, getting it long because we'd had a break about a couple of minutes before with Samayo bursting through, but yeah, as soon it it, it sounds awful, isn't it? Because when you're watching, you like you can see what's going to happen, and there's nothing you can, there's nothing anyone in the stadium can do about it, and you know it, it caused a big delay, and both players had to get sort of subbed off through the um, through the concussion protocols, um, which knows. H- however, dismissive we are of. Brentford, um and things like that. Actually, it's still not it's still not particularly great to watch. But then there was a second stoppage of play about <laughs> five, ten minutes later, the attacker for drone, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent work. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, I mean, again, uh, apparently those Premier League regulations now that all players have to leave the pitch, um, which I'm sure Stu. No nose full, all inside really. and out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I don't think I've seen anything like that. Um a wolves game before where it's had to be paused. Um, right. I've got two questions for you. I'm gonna do one for Kim and one for Stu. So Stu, what was conspiracy theory? Why was the drone over there?
0: <laughs> I absolutely no idea. Even, even me and Luke and I mean, maybe it was trying to vaccinate people. Who knows? Um,
2: oh no, not this one yeah. again!
0: <laughs> it was just bizarre, and it's not. P- people are saying it's a Premier League rule. It's not. It's a FIFA rule. It's it's just, it's yeah. there in the rules of yeah. the game. Um, so it's happened twice that I can that I know of. That I found out later. I couldn't remember any other time ever for it happening before. But <sighs> to be fair, let's get it. The, um, the PA announcer was superb at Brentford He said after the um, after the two players went off and he said that is a' con- that he's two concussion injuries two concussion <laughs> substitutes I thought okay that was a noise to know um, and then as soon as the the ref took the players off he said there is an illegal drone overhead the players have gone in for safety reasons okay. No, no confusion. No pissing about like we would have inevitably have a Molineux. Um, he would have all gone tits up and everyone would get mad with each other and people would started arguing, but now they he, he come out clear as day, exactly what was happening. And then everyone was kind of just standing around looking at each other. I <laughs> think, well, what is it do- the same thing? What is it doing here? Why is it here? Why <laughs> is it at Brentford and not moving? And then it, it then it disappeared.
1: Yeah, because like, I mean, we've seen it with like planes going overhead and stuff like that with banners. And I can sort of, I can see that, but with a drone, just one drone. So, my question to you, Kim, is let's be honest, drones aren't inexpensive. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. like, we can all carve, kind of, I say we can all buy one, but you know, they're very accessible, right? Which Wolves player do you think is the best drone pilot and which is do you think is the worst?
2: Hmm. See, I've, I've had, I knew that this question was going to come up weirdly. So I've had a little bit of a think. I think obvi- the obvious answer would be Neves, wouldn't it? Because yeah. you'd want someone who's got that like pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, that needs yeah. To, to. But then I think it's got to be like the worst one would be like Troy Away, surely?
1: Yeah. I think. Because he think can s- be
2: a bit wayward in his. Yeah.
1: Control. I think Saul would be a menace. <laughs>
2: Johnny's
1: it would be Sar, too Sar, heavy-handed. Sir is flying his yeah. like really close, like uh, you know, about three inches above like the canal. <laughs> i don't know, and just like bombing it and just seeing what happens.
0: Yeah. You know that now we've got two weeks off. He's going to have one after yeah. after his after his wife. After back did, a...
2: did you see his Instagram post? around <laughs> the <Exactly>. Drone, yeah.
0: <laughs> the drone, not God. Yeah. You know. <laughs> if his wife can buy him a karaoke machine and then that be a thing, it's all put pressure on her to buy him a drone next and see what happens. See, he was at the training ground taking photos in, um, in Gemma's video on, <laughs> on Friday. So he's already got an interest in technology. Let's make it happen. Come on, yeah. Josh, get done. I'm on board. I am on board. Um...
2: Do you know why I read though, that the, the drone, it was obviously could be a security risk, but it's near Heathrow, isn't it? The ground. Yeah. So they were I did read something about that's what it could be to do with. I don't really know. Well
0: it it's it could have anything. It could be a bomb, it could have gas in there, it could have guns yeah. on it. You could have any, or it could be illegally streaming Premier League which is probably more likely that,
1: that's, that's, let's be honest, that's why they were so keen to stop. Yeah. You know? Rather than
2: the bomb, yeah.
1: They yeah. don't want they don't want people sharing fan driven content. That's all I'm saying. You know, 110k views that Raul video got. 110,000. Anyway, um, yeah, so first half, apart from those two kind of instances, was a bit much of a, much of a muchness for me. Like, so we had a couple of good breaks. First, um chest and volley from Silver as well, um, which I thought was a lovely bit of work um, from him. Second half rolls in. Uh, playing overhead uh and, and and we score um and i think uh, quite very close into a start of second half 48 minute uh, just just beautiful i see it's like his foot transformed into a paintbrush he just stroked it in uh, i've lost words for how how brilliant martinho has been the last few weeks i, I couldn't really tell
2: you how many times I've rewatched that goal? Like, honestly, mm. it's just so good. So, like, even not just the finish, but mm. the amount of passes was it? Was it like 16? eleven? Were no, it was more than that.
0: Oh, uh, the first one, yeah. Um, yeah. It was. That's the thing. I mean, the um, the coach put the second one up there as well. I think that was sixteen or seventeen as well. And, yeah. It is it's it's the Bruno Ball effect where and the more interesting thing is that the fans have completely bought into it all and there's no oh get it forward and there might be at home games where they they walk among us. But especially uh, at United and yesterday, there was no kind of okay, let's let's scream and moan about it, the, the most basic things. It was okay, let's be patient, let's keep the ball, let's make, create the space. If there ain't none, go back, try again everyone's on board with it and it makes a massive difference because it, well, you can see on the picture because they're, they're playing without any pressure whatsoever and it shows. Yeah. I mean, the, I,
2: move, the movements like lately has been the passing and movement has been top draw. And right. I can really feel now like, You know how obviously we've been great defensively, but going forward, we're really, really improving like game by game. And I don't feel like now, like, oh, God, we're going to have to try and nick a goal, but are we going to score? Because I feel like at least now the goals are coming from almost, could come from anywhere on the pitch, as opposed to before where we're like, God, Raul needs to get shooting boots on because we're just screwed if he doesn't score. It doesn't feel like that kind of vibe anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I I completely agree, Kim. It, it almost feels like a uh, when, not if now, where mm. it's like, you know, oh, well, we can't really hope we get lucky from a corner and say snod one in, whereas actually you say the defence is playing well, they're getting on the score sheet. Our midfielders are contributing now, which we've never had consistently, and the attackers seem to be chipping in a bit more than they have done.
2: And um, the wing backs of okay. being unreal. Even yeah. my mate Samedo was <laughs> unreal yesterday. Yeah, I'll say it. It was, it was unreal.
1: I was gonna say the thing I uh, one of the things I like <laughs> most about the um the Martino goal is that it's got a one-two in it. Come on. You don't see yeah. enough of them. Like it was a proper yeah. classic one-two, wasn't it? It was a pass and yeah. mover. And the way I see it is that's like the first. Like, move and probably only move like a lot of people learn on a football pitch, pitch isn't it, in terms of creating mm. space? Because, like, things like old passing in triangles and things like that's like a little bit more advanced. But anyone who's played Sunday league football or youth football growing up, we all do it where, like, you're warming up before a game and you have someone like you pass the ball into the coach and he knocks it back and you're doing about one, two. Do you do it in a game? Never, but actually, <laughs> That's it in the game situation, and you had Donk creating the movement further down to like stretch the play, and he knocks it back to someadio. Oh, just, just fantastic, fantastic. Um, you know, hit him and Neves yesterday again, and and Donk as well. I think, you know, although you know he kind of quietly just got on with his job and allowed Neves and matinho just. Yeah, you know, I, I so at I least of, he made. Yeah. At
2: least he actually made like some forward runs and actually contributed something whereas I think the last few games it's like what has he actually done but at least in the build up to to the goals he was making those forward runs and mm. at least contributing something whereas but the thing is Neves and Martinio were the ones that absolutely run the game and won the game for us.
1: Yeah, I think I saw something um saying how like fewer touches he's had this season compared to last season. And I think they sort of initially framed it as that's a bad thing, and then kind of go, actually, no, it's just because he's got more confidence and that touches that little bit more special in terms of creating yeah. him the space at the moment. And, you know, just everything about his game at the moment from a midfield point of view, they highlighted on match of the day, which I was a bit annoyed with, if I'm going to be honest, because for a game with so much, particularly second half, you know, it's not about fourth in the running order. How's Man United getting first? Joke, it's actual joke, and then the only the only bit of highlighting they do is on is on the Neves goal. Don't mention it for trial or A one, you know anything like that? No, not barely, barely even a whisk on Tino's, you know, But can um, we, um, you know, that'll be the mainstream media for you.
0: Let's uh, speculate on what
1: defund the B- Stu defund the BBC. Well,
0: yeah, well yeah, defund, defund Jonathan Pearce because unless I Fabio Silva's run over his wife, then. <laughs> <laughs> i never heard a, a bloke attack a young child as much since Ralph Harris got sent down, um, but he was absolutely. Why was he having a go at him for? What was wrong oh, with him? It,
1: it felt borderline personal. But it yeah.
2: wonders that. Have you watched the Sky Sports highlights? Yeah. And I can't. I don't even know who the commentator is. It's like it was a Cockney guy, and he was just like, "What's Fabio Silva? Like he was like attacking Fabio Silva. It was like and that everyone has to bring up that price tag and it does my head in. He did well silver again yesterday. Yeah, Ours, he played Really well. Did really well. Yeah. Held the ball up really really well and had a couple of there was one obviously the chance where it just went past the post and he was offside but there was also when we just scored the first and then we went down we went down on the attack again and he um he laid the ball off, and I can't remember to who now, but then he nearly had it back, and then the defender just took it off his toe because he was about to put it in. Yeah. Always, so there's, there's, absolutely, there's no chance that he hasn't improved. He is He's looking good, and I think that he does need a few more starts, and he will put put the
1: ball in the net. Yeah, like I, I thought yesterday, it was, it was just a solid game. Like, it was a shame he didn't get on the score sheet and things like that. We didn't create like lots and lots of chances for him. Um, but he... he, he you know, didn't sort of stand out as a poor performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah. Which to say, sort of, I think it's, it might just be a case of pe- uh, people's external expectation rather than even our own at this point. Because I think all all fans are pretty much on his side at this point. I understand he's still improving, but can see that, you know, from a year mm. on, he's improved. And if if that's the, you know, we have the ones who, Pace in week in week out, and you know, yeah, what well, I think it's like 40 appearances, four goals, or something. But you know, I'd love to see a minutes to game ratio, yeah, because I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as poor as one in ten. But
0: no, and that, and that comment that old Sumido didn't pass to him because he's got no confidence in him. When does he get yeah, ridiculous? About anyone absolutely
2: else? Ridiculous comment. And he's made fifty appearances. It, they said, I think, on on those highlights. Yeah, fifty. But how many? How many of those has he's actually started? Because mm. there ain't a high number.
1: Or how many of those did he start last season when he was thrown in the deep end mm. in a not particularly productive side? And I, I do think it helps him having Podence next to him. It helps having. Yeah that midfield three who are pushing on as well because he's got bodies around him and i don't quite know at this point how well silver would function if he had two players like two wingers next to him um i think having potent sort of nipping in around him is really helpful for his overall game as well um but yeah just just for silver slanders not on not having it not not having it at all um Next little incident, um, Stu. Were you sweating when you saw the red card come out for uh, for Totti, or did you think, or, or <laughs> did you have your convictions um, secure in var? Because I watched it live. I've watched it back. It's just, it's just a
0: solid yellow, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone, was just looking. Minute, everyone was just looking I around mean, in absolute disbelief. And what the hell's he going on with it? I mean, how is that a red card? Hmm. And it, it wasn't like a case of okay, it's, it's one of them maybe we've he said something afterwards or whatever, but as soon as it got, it, it, the longer it took and you think, okay, this is clearly going to get reviewed now and it's going to be rescinded. And, you think, and then obviously the, you're not fit to referee. It's never been more apt because it was a ridiculous decision. It wasn't even like it looked bad because it didn't look bad. And the the, the worst thing about the whole thing was he stopped a perfectly good Brentford move to send him off when he could have played advantage for them and we'd have been in a ton of trouble. So from from a Brentford point of view, I mean, I, I talked to a guy on Twitter this morning about this. From their point of view, he ruined a good move. I mean, yeah, there's, they could have they could have scored and he, he could have gone back and t- done it later, but he didn't, though. He just, in his little, in his little way, I mean we've had things with Peter Banks before, but how ridiculous he is and never lets things go. It just seemed like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'm going to send him off.
2: You could see, couldn't you, from the well when I was when I was watching it as well. There's no way, his leg wasn't high mm-hmm. dangerous at all. You could see it was almost on the floor, and I was literally screaming at the TV at the time, <laughs> like, "Oh my god, that has to be rescinded!" Like, and I wasn't hundred percent sure it was going to be, but like, there's no way in God Earth that that was a red card, and I don't understand how, what how the ref would think. That is a red. Like what went through his mind to think? Yeah, you know, it's it was reckless.
1: See, what I don't like around VAR um, with stuff like this is, yeah, I, it's a foul. Don't get me wrong; it's a clear yellow, in, in my opinion. If a ref's got any doubts, I don't quite understand why he can't either wait for further instruction or if he feels actually there's a need to pause the game because a serious foul's been committed. Just say, serious fouls being committed, and, and then ask for it, rather than this whole rigmarole of right, red, and then, oh, I need to kind of put my tail between my legs now that I've actually realised I've made a mistake and eat a bit of humble pie. And I've, the whole card structure around, you know, we have it for penalties, don't we? We let it, we, well, we let it play on. We have the same for off You let it play on. And, you know, as you know, penalties is a better example because you don't have for you four of scoring a goal like Traore. But like you let it play on just in case, and then you can refer back to it. Where it's like, just do it for this as well. It doesn't make it, that much of a difference, apart from you lose a level of credibility. Whereas you'd gain more if you just sort of said, "I just we
0: need to check this just in case." I but that's the thing. He, he could have done that. Yeah, he could, have, he, he could have done it. And if the if the move had out, that well, as soon as the ball's dead, it would have been. They are checking professional foul. That's what it would have been. Because mm. he'd already played the advantage anyway. And then realised that he, he had to send him off. But it was just... Uh, he, bo- he He just lost his head. Completely lost his head. Made the wrong decision and cocked it up.
1: Yeah, the irony of it, it actually benefited Brentford in the long run. Because uh, yeah. I, I, I am right in thinking that they did score from the free kick yeah. Um In my head, it feels like it should be sort of two separate things. But I think because of the way, I think the, the sending off was in the 68th minute and then Tony scored in the 71st. So like it's sort of three minutes later to kind of get it all going. I mean, it's a bit frustrating because Wolves have been so strong from free kicks. But as we've kind of already talked about, Brentford being a bit direct and knowing kind of what they're doing. Do you know um, what's
2: weird? Do you know what is weird? I want to know... There was two got two blokes unmarked from that free kick, and because you know it's going in, I was watching that those two when I was just rewatching the game, and I did wonder was that tactically what we were meant to be doing, or have they just lost two men because it was clear that there was two men overrun, and albeit, but I don't, I'm not sure if we were just gambling on the fact that well, that's a tight angle, you're not going to score from there, or I think it was. Was it Donk who was just
1: locked? Yeah, yeah Donk was the nearest yeah. one to, whether it was his man or not, I think
0: Olivel. Yeah, no. that
2: disappointing. was disappointing, wasn't it? Really, but a good finish.
0: That was my first thought. I thought, "What the hell? Why is he doing?" Because you can see, you can see Tony mm. peeling him off. I thought, "What is he doing there?" And then by the time he's realised, it's what it's too late. I mean, more weird was the fact that Ar- Tony's hair's gone. Oh and yeah, the, that, that, I
2: didn't that, know that. How long that, was it? that? That
0: surprised happened? me. Um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't it, quite ready for that. It was still there against Man United in the week, so How it must was been, it? yeah. So it was it, that took a bit of You so I thought, who is that? And then you try and see the numbers, which is ho- half impossible when after so many beverages. But you kind of guess and that stripes, it is. Him. And,
1: and it's always harder to see it on stripes. Oh, yeah.
0: You know. Yeah, we should have, we should have a shield again, or a or a patch. Bring that yeah. back. If you're going to wear stripes, then it's your own fault. Yeah. Your first troops or
1: um, hoops or stripes out of curiosity? I don't know why I'm like going off on a massive tangent when there's still like four things I want to talk about.
2: Stripes might remind me of West Brom, so I'll go hoops.
0: I mean, hoops is like Celtic. It, I was going to say, hoops served us well before he we left. Shit, it's yeah. Um, yeah. No, nah, we used to, in our, our PE shirt at school, it used to be, it was it was navy blue and it had a big band, a big stripe in the middle, which was bright orange. So it was reversible. Um, I, presume, I presume they still do that. I mean, they probably don't now. But so it's, for that reason alone, stripes, no, hoops, not stripes. Hoops, not stripes. Good to know.
1: Um, I was going to say, dragging it back um, to a point that I so lovingly pulled us off, it, it did sort of feel like I, when I kind of saw it going, you know what I mean? I kind of. Initially, sort of thought, oh, there must be sort of some blocking or whatever, because it's come a long way for him to volley it as well. I think mm. it was just like.
2: He just had that amount. He had so much
1: time, didn't he, though? Yeah. Like, it's it's not like he's like peeled off, or whatever. He's, he's kind of stayed on the back post all the time for, you know, their most prominent goal scorer. Seems a bit bonkers. So I don't quite know what went on there, unless they didn't want to lose a bit of defensive line. And <sighs> I, I guess balance of play over 70 minutes you could argue you know what one one's a relatively fair score um but you know balls are better and we went ahead uh thanks to ruben nevers and again we've already talked about how good his performance was and i don't think this goal's got enough credit even though how you know how much i waxed lyrical about patinho's goal again the passing the build-up the patience and then the 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 work that um, Neves did you know taking that taking the touch creating that little extra space for himself and not you know rushing the finish as well fantastic that
2: ball, that ball from Pedence as well yeah that underrated pass and then to just literally pass it around our own box and then Neves to put it in like that the only thing that I would say is I think the goalie's got to be disappointed a little bit I think if Jose Sara had, had conceded that, I don't know. I think he was a bit slow in going down. I don't know what Stu thinks. It,
0: yeah. it seemed to take an age to go in. It, it, it was almost like in slow motion. Mm. Um, I don't know if he was on the side. I, I know what you mean because it didn't seem that hard a shot to save.
2: It was just precise. It wasn't pro- precisely in the corner, though, wasn't it?
0: Yes. And when you look it was- at it from, from behind, it does bend outside the post first hmm so it, was it, very it, a, it, it is as well.
1: yeah yeah like i wouldn't call it a howler but it's savable, isn't it you'd be di- i think yeah mm. i'd be disappointed if wolves had conceded it i mean thomas franks was he made it seem like i uh, he, he was very um praiseworthy as Matimio's goal although he didn't think it was a big chance which i thought was interesting you know mm
2: deluded
1: that man, he's deluded, isn't he? Honestly, like I, I didn't want to listen to the, uh, the post match stuff, but I thought, you know what, I feel like getting wound up. Um, so I did listen to it, and yeah, he said, Oh, well, we should have done a lot better. But I think the thing that I, uh, I enjoyed was like, say, how we moved it across the edge of that box until we found the space. Because, yeah. like, if we you know, it comes to eight Norrie and then it goes to Matinho and on a different day maybe let's say if Rao's playing or Huang's playing, for example, he might just try and you know, dummy it and play like a little sidewall pass and just open up it open up that point. But it goes on to Neves. Again, he might have just got you know gone for a pass instead on a different day. And it kind of felt just you know what, that's just pressure building and it, it felt like it was intense. It wasn't you know, if that's ten, fifteen yards further back, it's a bit more methodical. But to have our two centre midfielders on the edge of the opposition box donks already pushed forward as well i think donks basically on the right wing at this point you know we're camped in this box um so great great all round. and what we thought would be the icing on the cake another trailway goal um but it kind of turned out it wasn't because he was a half foot offside or something ridiculous um stew I, I know you're not Troy's biggest fan, but the scenes after he scored, in terms of everyone hugging him, and the fact he ran straight to Bruno as well—all oh, yeah. that, you know—that that gets to me. You know, there's no like, you know, smashing recorder flag, and I, I did find that a little bit touching. And it's like, no, 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 not today, Satan. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's obviously well liked, and which makes the whole thing why he won't commit even more weird. But that's. Let's not get into that again. We've—I've been, been kind of accustomed now to when it's when it's close to not celebrate because you don't want egg on your face. It didn't even look close. It didn't. it didn't like we, when he, he said VR checking offside. He was like, for who? Yeah. It was. i
2: convinced he's
1: on.
0: It I was I can't see
1: so how he's not on.
0: It's a millisecond. yeah
1: Yeah, and he worked hard to stay on side that's what i really liked about it it wasn't that he just it was almost like through random chances you could see him holding his run to keep try and keep in line and all right you know what it happens whatever but it it always draws back for me the old that the rules aren't kind of fit for purpose on it like that like that's that's not what offside was designed to prevent and I know it's binary. I know, I know, and I'm the biggest believer in. Actually, you know what? Look, if you're offside, you're offside. It, it is kind of one or the other, but it's still like a bit crushing um, when it does happen to you. Um, particularly when, like, you know, he's it, someone who kind of does wear his heart on his sleeve a bit, and you can see that confidence. And I just thought, you know what? He gets the goal there. That's another two million on the price tag. <laughs> but uh alas, It was a no. great
2: finish as well, wasn't it? Like you could yeah. really, he wouldn't have put that in a few weeks ago, but since he got his goal last was it last week?
1: Yeah, it was last week.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, last week, you know, his confidence must have gone sky high again, so it's quite disappointing. And I feel like he was quite emotional, which means I feel like he's la played his last game for Wolves.
1: Yeah. Ben. Did you feel like it was hugs goodbye rather than, you know, yeah. congratulations? I mean, one thing we've not... We, we talked a little about about the start, guys, um, but we'll, we're a bit of a darker arts, a bit of shithousery to, throughout the game. It wasn't just in the final final throws of it um, as Brentford bombarded on it. Not going to... I know that a lot of fans, particularly when we play away, will say we go down easily and stuff like that, but we, we, we played Brentford at their own game yesterday, Stu, didn't we?
0: It was glorious. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I hate it. I don't like it whatsoever. But against them, after what they did, and the hypocrisy coming out of... Oh,
1: just Frank's go- doing he's the time.
0: He's just an arsehole. Let's just get it right. He's just a complete twat. He's He's got no class. He's, it's not just against us. It's been every time they've lost this season, he's been mm. like this. It, against everyone. And you think, why just shut up? just shut up. You, you're lucky to have a job in the Premier League anyway. You wouldn't have got one if you hadn't got promoted. So, a bit of class and just be, keep quiet. Because he's not helping anyone. You're just making yourself look like a fool. I mean, Mourinho could get away with it because he was winning all the time. Him? No? So, when we were playing them at their own game, winding them up, they were falling for it. They were getting wound up. And it was brilliant. And Jose saw... <laughs>
2: I thought he was going to get sent off towards the end. And I was like, please just kick the ball. Like, you know, when he got booked for time wasting, And, and then he continued to be really <laughs> slow. And I was getting a bit like, oh, my God, just kick the ball, Joe. Because like, he was getting a bit wound up himself, wasn't he? You could tell.
1: He's an absolute heel. And I love it. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, scenes at the end. From this... All right, some of the players are kind of give each other a bit of an argument. Seeing Jan Martino like trying screwing up to a big centre half like um Pont I I I approve of and sort of giving it. But then Franks comes over and you know I I stand by it um of why Neves gets involved because he starts mocking his celebration. Like I I, I we can't show the video on YouTube um for anyone who's watching it on their um for you know copyright reasons whatever but you see him turn around sort of having a bit of an argument with martinio and then franks so you can see him going like with his finger to his head and never i Neve, didn't see like,
2: that no yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and then never sort of storms around and starts having a go and you can see never go that was me that was me and then him turn around and like two seconds later, you go takes a deep breath and goes then ah. looks at me away Francis just goes come on i was like yes, Neves. Yes. Have my heart, sir. Have my heart. Um,
2: I agree with Stu so much on this though. I hate it when our players like go down like what who was it? Who went down sace when he got yeah. poked in the eye? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, don't know. I hate this. But against Brentford, honestly, I was all for it. I was literally, yeah, yeah I even tweeted it. I was like, inject this into me. I absolutely love it. So yeah. no problems yesterday with
1: me. Just I was just like, stay down. Just keep staying down. I mean, I was going to say, my 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 thing with Franks is that it's your first season in the Premier League. And sometimes it's not just the battles you have on the pitches, but the battles you have on the pitch with the media. And a few times this season, right, you, there, there's winding up away fans and things like that. And and the opposition. But things like at the end of the game yesterday, if you kind of throw your toys out of the pram, people will start to remember that and the narratives change around newly promoted teams. And benfield have got a lot of praise first half this season and rightly so or whatever. They're not like they're not in Norwich's position, for example. But the tide will turn if you keep doing stuff like that in the media, and that's when you start to lose your job and that's when the result, the, the plucky defeat you have against Man United, they don't feel so plucky anymore because of how you act. And if you compare that to someone like Nuno, who for three seasons in the Premier League was smiley, charismatic with everybody, and arguably shouldn't have been considered for a job at the likes of Spurs, gets it. And even, to a degree, left Spurs on good enough terms. In, in bit, like in the grand scheme of things, and I think that that's that that's a that stuck that's going to stick with me around Frank's is that I don't know how long you can act at this level like that unless you win stuff like likes of Klopp for example.
0: Well, his actions against Man United were already being picked up by like the Ramble and Totally Football Show. So, hmm. and before any anyone pedantically attacks you for it, it's Frank, not Frank's. Ah, oh, sorry. So. Hungry like a wolf. I'm getting in there before you do this week. Um, it's, like
2: the, it's like the whole Chris Wood or Chris Woods.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <sighs> Cannot stand yeah. it when people say that, though. Wood. Wood.
1: I mean, people call me Richard Hobb often enough. <coughs> or is it Nob? One of you. <laughs> ah, I've got a bit of self-deprecating humor, haven't you? But, um, yeah, go on, Stu, your point. <laughs> um,
0: I hate that excited. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 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 No, is yeah, you're right. I think the the whole Brentford loving is kind of coming to the fore now, where people are seeing through it all, and it's not actually the whole. I think Leeds kind of got away with it to an extent because of Bielsa and how mad he is, and how they still still continue to play the same way every week, despite having no players, and they still do it all the time. Fair's fair, but. I think they kind of got away with it to an extent. Brentford are pushing it a bit now. And he's got to reel it in. I mean, I'm guessing that's a one-game touchdown ban now when when we come back. So he just needs to grow up. Do you know what?
2: It's an agenda. It's Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher and Sky Sport who literally? They love the Friday night Brentford show, don't they? You know the amount of games Brentford have been on on a Friday night, like with the crowd in the background, and like it's like it's their cup final every single Friday, <laughs> and they're just stoked.
1: Do you know what my theory is on this? In terms of why this, you say it's true, why it seems to start. It's starting to turn a little bit and why fans like us are saying they're a bit, they're, they're not, they're not our sort of uh, football team. <laughs> for this um, Cause we've all played them once. Mm. We're past halfway through the season. So we've all kind of, got, you, you build a picture, don't you? And we watch enough, like either fan content um, like this or more, more kind of whole league coverage um, to pick up on sort of stuff like that. But yeah, wasn't 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 great and they say if you don't have the personality like yeah you can only get away with stuff like that on two fronts one if you win stuff two if you've got a bit of personality so like i'm thinking like neil warnock for example (laughs) who because the scenes are sort of slightly reminiscent of you know when we beat cardiff in terms of um warnock on the pitch and stuff like that but actually if you yeah if you don't if you don't have a little bit of personality about you which i don't really see from franks anyway yeah going to be interesting but um a, a lot of the team did play very well on on saturday um yet again i mean in terms of man of the match and who did well i mean i've picked out four who i thought was standouts uh, which was basically you know most of our across the middle matinho neves eight noris samedo anyone else standouts for yourselves
2: so I've written down here the obvious uh, obviously Martino Neves run the game and essentially won the game for us. However, I have written down Samado. Mm-hmm. Honestly, <gasps> I know those run like he actually is actually getting really good at making dangerous runs now instead of just like hugging the touchline and just being in the way. Um and also Totti Gomez was
1: yeah.
2: un honestly, he was a brick wall.
1: He nearly made it into my uh, lo- lovely man-of-match graphic, um, but out of laziness and me not having the photo in time, I didn't. But, yeah, <laughs> I thought, I thought again, apart from the, you know, it wasn't his fault he nearly got sent off in a way, but, yeah, didn't put a foot wrong yet again.
0: No.
2: No, he was insane.
0: I think that's, that goes for Kilman and Cody as well. They didn't do anything wrong. They just did their jobs properly, and they, they were just solid and steady, which you, is what you just expect it to be now, and I mean, I really do hope that we do see Wall's TikTok account with the um, Jazay saw rugby trial um, in yeah. the morning, because if anything needs to be used, it's that against them, because that, can... that deserves praise in itself, because I haven't seen that for, since Jens Lehmann for Arsenal, that kind yeah. of insanity. It, it,
1: it was like a Bit bonkers and again, fully on board with it. Um, so. I'm gonna ask you both to drill down. Then, who, who are we giving, giving man of a match to? Martinia. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nevis for me.
1: I'm gonna go Nevis, but I say yet yeah, again, I, I I mean, just time and time again this season, it's so lovely, isn't it? Um, like it's been such a hard choice. Um, right, guys, we're gonna take a short break. Um, We're going to chat a bit about transfers, um, a bit about Bruno, a bit about Troy. Of course, we always have to. And a bit of Twitter corner. We will be back right after this short break. Hi, it's Richard from Wolf's fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now, let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references, and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hello and welcome back, everybody. So, the first thing I wanted to talk about, and it came to me about this time yesterday um, uh, after the game. And as I said, we're halfway through the season now, and we are in a very good position in the league. And a thought occurred to me. And the thought is Bruno large for manager of the season. (laughs) You know what? I'm all in guys. So I've put in my three points of why I think he should be manager of the season. So firstly, he's defined expectations. I don't think a lot of people necessarily thought that Wolves would do well this season. Um, You know, I think nationally anyway, considering the, um, love Nuno had and people surprised that we let him go at the end of last season despite what we all thought um in Mm -hmm. this room anyway and even a lot of fans um questioned his arrival and I think probably a lot of people probably had us down to finish around what 12th would that be would that be a fair assessment to say that we we're probably looking at top of the bottom half or so I think that was sort of the expectation of a lot of people nationally
2: yeah mid-table and I think most war fans would probably yeah
0: T- well yeah. i said i said 16th
1: yeah I, I, said,
0: I said i'd take 16th purely on the fact that the defense is not good enough
1: yeah wow <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah that's my exact words
1: yeah so like i think a lot of people sort of thinking to be honest we might even finish like the same position we were last season but potentially play better football and we're all okay yeah. with that as a building block so the fact we're in the position we're in with games in hand, like, you look at the table now, and there's, like, breathing space between the teams behind us. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how condensed and compact it is. We've got a bit of breathing room all of a sudden. I know we've got a tough feb, but, you know. And
2: those games today, with Leicester drawing, Arsenal drawing, obviously Chelsea beating Tottenham, like, it's getting a bit like, oh, my God, is this actually going to (laughs) happen? Yeah, but like, Rich, to your point now on Bruno for manager of the season, I'm not sure we can answer this right now, can we? We're we, oh, only no, no. more
1: we, through. I, I, I'm, I'm putting in my ballot. I'm putting in my ballot now, and my no. What's a bit before we put it in the ballot? I'm like starting the campaign now and getting in early, just before anyone else gets on the hype train, you so know, that
2: you can be like at the end of the season, I called it.
1: We, on we were the 23rd saying of jam. Exactly. You know, we, we, we're, we're trendsetters here. I like to think, and I'm not even look. You know, I'm a trendsetter because I'm not even wearing a jumper today, Stu.
0: I I can't confirm or deny that.
1: Not, see, not
0: wearing it. It still looks like a woolen t shirt, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It does have a bit of taste on it. And yes, I might have been wearing a jumper earlier today that did get sick on it about an hour before recording, but you know, that's not the point. I'm still a trendsetter. Um, anyway, back to my point about Bruno. Yes, it's early, we're halfway through a season, but I think even if you went on. The first 20 games, I think you could put in a really good case for him because, like, we know where the likes of Guardiola sit in, you know, in football, but look at the managers who are kind of defying what they're doing and really sort of pushing forward. You know, my two other points. He's improving players. Again, and these were players which we thought would hit a ceiling. The likes mm-hmm. of Cody, Neves to a degree. Samedo looks a different player. Eight nori, he has really lit a fire under him. And really pushed one. And, you know, last but not least, Max Kilman. You know, he's knocking on the door of the England squad now. And I don't know what it would have been like under another season of Nuno, for example. And lastly, and this kind of, I guess, we know Bruno Lars' background in terms of him liking to work with youth players and him being a players coach. But he's done this with. Injuries to keep us now, the likes of Neto, the likes of uh, Johnny as well, lest we forget. Aced it without a lack of signings as well. And I They're
2: just not think, even his players, are they? Yeah, no. he's speaking. come out. Well, he's, been on a, he's an unreal coach from what we've seen so far. Because yeah. like, most of these players were playing under Nuno last season and just devoid of ideas. Yeah. It is amazing.
1: And you could even argue someone like Troy, I'd say he has improved this season and we've got, right, the end product might not be there as highly. But think of those first few games of the season when he was playing left wing and really showing something and he wasn't doing that all the time last season and he'd go missing. So for me, I'd be interested to hear who other people think should be manager of the season who, say, might not have, you know, a... I might not have been able to sign a hundred million pound player who was essentially a waste of money, um,
0: <laughs>
1: it, it, in Man City, but who else, who else, who else should be managed with, could be managed with a season at this point, David Moyes. Mm-hmm. And, I and, I, and again, I've, I think we're potentially back. West
2: Ham are, are a very good team though. Yeah. And very oh, good team. A very good
1: job. And you can see the progression they've kind of made under. Uh, Moyes from last season as well, and a continuation of that. But I don't think there's a lot between Wolves and West Ham, as we showed by beating them earlier this season.
0: Yeah, I d I don't think there's I think David Moyes <laughs> to give him his proper talk. David Moyes. <laughs> yeah. Um I think him and probably Vieira as well for what he how he's revitalised Palace who were dead and buried for the vast majority yeah. of people. Um to turn that squad around with again. He's had a bit of money, but again, it it looks like a very good coaching on the on the whole. Yeah,
2: and they're actually um, a good team to watch now, aren't they? Yeah, Palace? yeah. Whereas yeah. before, I was like, oh it god, was... watching Palace is painful. Now they're actually quite. I don't mind watching them actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: is... all right, the, the worst is, so at the moment we are what three points with two games in hand um, behind West Ham. If we get on level points with them. I think you could argue we are on level pegging with them. So you know what? I say I'm starting it early. I know I could be a prisoner of the moment on this one, and we could all kind of fall flat second half of the season. But I'm putting in there now. This is this is my case. This is why I think I should this is why I think you should do it. If we fall, you know, for train, if we come off the tracks in the next five games, then I'm booked. <laughs> um but it's like
2: it's make or break isn't it these like next four or five games we either win two out of the four and we and draw one we've got a chance if we like for some reason to lose all four, like dreams over yeah it's that
1: big and I, i i just think like you know there's still plenty of football to play don't get me wrong um but we just kind of consistently show that we're winning the games we need to win. And even in the games that are tricky, we're putting on a good show. And mm. I don't think we can ask for much more. So, yeah, don't have to commit today. But have I, got, have I sold either of you two on this with my three-point presentation?
0: Well, you, you can't argue with the, the three points raised in this debate. Um, There's just maybe, a long way to go. Yeah, I mean... You look at the, when you said about Samado. Samado was like that before he came in, and no new knew him. That's that was the problem there. Um, but Kilman, represent. We called it anyway, and I found, I found a tweet where I, I, from last season where I said, <laughs> where I said that um, if we had a, a defense as consistent as Kilman, we would be in the top ten. That's what I put. Last, I tweeted that last season, last March. Um, so we were there from the start.
2: Always but, there from the start, and now yeah. Little Dan and
1: Luke.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So why no, are you there it. with me? So be here with the start with me on this.
0: Yeah, we can. um I think we we can we can agree in principle.
1: Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take an agreement in principle on this one.
2: Ask, I pre- yeah, ask us again after the four games, and then I'll okay. give you either I'll, a yes or a no.
1: I'll come back. We'll come back to this um, at the end of the month, at the end, I say end of the month, end of February, see where we're at, see if my points still stand. Cause I reckon if we catch up with West Ham, you know, that, that's another manager ticked off of this. the list. The only one, maybe Antonio Conte, if Spurs do a absolute run, maybe, but I think just giving it to Pep, what what are we prove in there, mm. You know that—that's sort of my thought process. And let's look a bit deeper. So, yeah, we'll we'll see where we are in time with that one. Uh, speaking of time, it's everyone's favourite time. It's Traore time. <laughs> Never not in the news, is he? At the moment, I mean, we, it feels like we're close to. Walls are close to agreeing something with Spurs at the moment. Um, I think by the sounds of it, there, there have been reports that Spurs put in a bid of fifteen million, which was laughed out of town. Um it's gotta be a joke bid right? Like or just like just saying that you've done something just for the sake of it.
0: Yeah. It's almost like what we did with Botman in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we bid really take I thought that they said no. So that kind of thing. Uh oh dear. I, I mean, was gonna say like that there, we'd... that that pledging is part of his salary for the for the Common goal Brilliant, brilliant gesture.
1: Yeah. So the, the other thing that um has been news around this week is he's pledging one percent of his salary to uh, Common Goal, which is a social action movement um uh, around um around sort of fighting racism in football and you know genuinely like we talk a lot about football's not always been that great but you know I think that's a, a really good sort of course to be part of for him personally. Yeah. Um. In terms of, I guess, other transfer news, so there has been, um, there's two interesting tidbits for me. So, firstly, we've got players going out, and there there is a link on this. So, we've got um, Leonardo Campana, who has joined up with uh, David Beckham. Uh, So, his loan move to, uh, his loan move from uh, Grasshopper Joric's been um, cancelled. He's now gone over to America. Do you think he'll ever really play for wolves Stu? I mean, they've got an option to buy, but...
0: Nah, of course not. I don't think he he was ever going to, like, Renate at off and friends, they're they're never going to play, are they? (laughs) They're just... It's just like
2: the Chelsea model, isn't it? Where they're just trying to almost... As bad as it sounds, we're just trying to make money out of these players, and if they happen to be half-decent, then great. They'll get a chance, maybe, but... The the reality is that's the the end goal is to make a bit of cash.
1: I mean, I was gonna say for for Campana personally, teaming up with uh, going to playing Miami, Kim, you gotta have a bit of that. Like I mean, I don't think it's probably much quality to bring up balls, but you know, Wolverhampton to Miami's not too bad going, is it?
2: Well it's better than
1: grasshoppers, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you 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 tell that to your boy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared I'm gonna get the pronunciation wrong here. Um, Kawabe, Kawabe, well yeah, yeah, we'll go for that. Who has signed from Wolves from Grasshopper and is now back over at Grasshopper as well. Um, so you know, it's good enough for him. You know, it could be good. I can sure it's all right, very clean, I've heard. That's all, I, that's all I know about it. But I it's feel not like...
2: Miami, though, is it? Come on. Nah,
1: it's not. And, I mean, let's be honest, I, have a look at Campana. He's going to enjoy being in Miami. Yeah.
2: With Bex. Wow. Yeah.
1: And you know Phil that. Neville. Is he still there? Yeah, I don't think he's been sacked yet. Oh, I was going to say, because I know they were dreadful for a, for a time. Um, and lastly, I, I've put up Tati Gomez, because it seems unlikely that Wolves are going to send him back, or even actually, to be honest, signer sent half this transfer window, which, um, to be honest, I think we're, we're all sort of okay with now, knowing that he's come back and he's bedded in. He's going to make things slightly difficult for Sace second half of the season. Sanderson might go back on loan, the rumours are. We've got
2: are. Sanderson. We've got Marcel and Dendonka, who can all play there now. Yeah. None of which will get in the team anyway now with the th- how the three are playing. Even say Se- is Say's Se- actually gonna get back in, do we reckon when he comes back? Because Gomez has been outstanding in the first two matches he's played, hasn't he?
1: I mean he's he's not you know, he's not immediately recalled some like Bully Bolly um times this season, so I don't I, I don't think Say's could have too many complaints if he has to wait a couple of weeks.
0: Well it depends how far they go as well. I mean he they- <laughs> If they get through again, then we could be without... I mean, he's not going to come straight back in after the um, Cup of Nations anyway, is he? You'd think it'd give him a bit of a rest with the travelling alone. So, I think if he if Telti Gomez lines up against Arsenal, I think then Sais to got a bit of a battle on his hands because if he's got the shirt, and it, is to, it is to lose at that point. I mean, I wouldn't say he's been outstanding, but he hasn't done anything wrong, which is half the battle as a defender. I mean, that's he what, has been
2: outstanding. He was outstanding, yesterday. He was the best centre-back out of all three of them yesterday. Not that the other two were bad, but he was brick wall yesterday.
0: I think yesterday he started to bring the ball out a bit, which Mm -hmm. he didn't do on his debut, obviously. Well, to kind of understand that, because, well, he's come from playing in the Swiss League to playing against decent opposition, making his debut from nowhere and then... Bit of playing that well. I think, well, we all saw the video of him being like a a Portuguese killman, how he brings the ball out of defense. He started to kind of, there was hints of that yesterday. He uh, looks close so,
2: to me. Yeah,
0: he's so comfortable on the ball, considering how young he is as well. <laughs> it's like nothing fazes him. It's amazing. But,
1: I mean, I was, was going to say, we talked about Grasshopper Zurich quite a bit, and particularly with Gomez feel like they're losing out on him um the other interesting bit of news i saw um related around walls is and again we've talked uh, you know about that loan strategy and sort of having a bit of a uh, and having a feeder club out there there is a there has been a change um to the loan limits that fifa are enforcing so it's much more on a global scale but um essentially um from next season they're going to have a maximum of eight international loan signings in and out of um a club next season. And then the season afterwards it's going to go to seven and then but season after that it's going to go to six and then so on and so on. So you know, in about three years time, you can only send out six players out on loan. Um there's also going to be a limit about the amount of players you can have going to and from one club. So I believe from next season it's going to be three um players so we could only send let's say three players out to grasshopper zurich so i think i think it might be a case we potentially have more than one uh club in our little little posse in our Mm. gang um so i've done a bit of research which is never a good thing um so wolves have this is it official relationship we've got you know like on football magic where you get to select feeder club or is no, it still, not. is it still like handshake, you know, handshakes from behind the back sort of thing?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an uh, informal agreement.
1: Yeah, it's in everyone's best interests. Yeah. Okay, so can you name all the players um, who have gone on loan to Grasshopper's York from Wolves? <laughs> now, if I've done this correct, which we all know I haven't. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine over the past, I think, two or three seasons.
0: Um. Well, Gomez, <laughs> there's 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 you one. Um. I mean, three of them
1: should get quite easily because.
0: Leo Bonatini. Yes. Um. Conor Ronan. Yes. Um. Did one of the... Oh, Samuelson didn't go, did he?
2: Did that Dadishov go?
0: Yeah, Dadyshoff went. Um, hmm.
2: This is as bad as Little Dan's quizzes, man.
1: God. I know, but mine's like grounded in, you
0: know... In reality. Yeah. I mean, these are so players that saying, no one cares about.
1: So far, we said um, Dadyshoff, Ronan, Bonatini...
0: Gomez. Gomez, yeah. The guy we've just mentioned <laughs> as well.
1: Oh, yeah, you said Campana, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Did you say the other one?
1: Cabal. The other one. Yeah. Cabal. Okay, so I think you've got three left. Three. There so is... I'm just going to quietly check just to make sure. He did actually play and um, good people at Transfer Market didn't, you know, screw me over.
0: There was it. Yeah. was one. One went over with Conor Rowden, didn't he? I know that that much, I'm trying to think who it was. Is he doing it on his own? Ah, <sighs> this is annoying.
2: Rich, these are the players that no one cares about. Come on.
1: Oh, right. how dare you? How dare you say that? I, I know we only think care.
2: Apart from Gomez, now obviously we care. <laughs> We're now. They're
1: good. You only care because they're good. Okay. Uh, I feel really sad for from now. Okay, do you want me to give you them? So I think you, you I don't, uh, Bola, who's out on loan, I believe, at the moment.
0: Oh, the other defender, yeah.
1: Yeah. Ming Yang Yang, of course. Oh, God,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> how, how little we knew him. And last one, Stu, which I think you're going to kick yourself because he did, um, I think he's over at the moment currently. All I'm going to say is Marty McFly.
0: Marty McFly. Oscar Burr. Is he? Oh, he. he?
2: I'd forgotten about him.
1: Over there. Yeah, he went over in 2021. And how many many times has he played? 10 games. No goals. Yeah. Two games. Yeah.
2: No. He's, He's still so, him. Wasn't he? he? was a bit, he wasn't
1: great. He, he was, no. he was right. but he could, he could, he could have a nice little career over there, you know. When,
2: he it, ain't no tomato, though, is he?
1: No.
0: If no, it wasn't, if it wasn't for Oscar Bay, we'd never got promoted. Just remember that.
1: We're still going with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gully <laughs>
1: Okay, fair, fair enough. Right, shall we? wrap this show up with some questions from twitter corner we have five slash six today um big thanks for everyone who's tweeted us in it's at wolves fancast um also if you're not on twitter just feel free to drop us an email as well on it um podcast at wolves fancast.com as well okay so first up we have in no particular order um one from King Sacrificer, <laughs> um, which is an interesting Twitter handle. Um, he asks, is Deli Alley an acceptable trade for trail Ray?" I mean, no. 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 Uh, I mean, Do you know I don't what? Think...
2: Do you know what I'm sick of? It's seeing all of these crap Tottenham players getting <laughs> sort of dangled in our face. It's like, no, I don't. I actually wouldn't take any of the apart. Unless you're going to give me Sonny, then I wouldn't take any of them. So we want cash up front I mean, to spend yeah. on decent players, not Spurs dropouts.
0: I mean you can't even I mean money is not a good enough trade with Deli Elli that a a player. <laughs> the state of him. So I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean my thing,
1: um, when when I saw this, I've seen it banded around a couple of times when you're saying, Oh, twelve million plus, whoever. Um you don't really see lots of player swaps. It's not really a dumb thing, is it? Uh, historically, around sort of well, English football, it's not a it's not a big thing.
0: Sanchez to Man um, United you know, was the last one I could think of.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you could claim that um, um, Hoover from Liverpool towards mm. the sort of part of the swap, but I think that's technically two separate deals in the end. Yeah, I think. But again, it's not like it's really common. I do think it's um, there is a degree of football manager <laughs> in it, and like but I, I do find it kind of quite interesting. To be fair, that you say we all kind of, you know, we 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 do measure up players a bit, don't we? Um, and, you know, part of me has like a bit of the NFL uh, trading system in my head when when we think about it. we are always X amount and. You know, you can have this player as well, but actually, it doesn't even really work like that in football? I think it, it makes the it too complex,
2: doesn't it? I yeah. think it just makes it too complex. So like bit... we just want twenty-five million to spend for Troy all right and then we can spend it elsewhere, yeah. not on any Tottenham wish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems almost like a like a throwback, like player managers that you don't see anymore. Yeah, it's that that kind of era.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing with player coaches as well. Like, it's not a hugely abundant thing in in elite football, but it still happens. Okay, Paul Wharton, um, regular contributor to, to Corner, asks, um, is 3-5-2 now the default way to go against all teams with a three-man midfielder um, and sort of sacrifice a forward in doing so? I guess it sort of depends on the team we play. I completely understand why he did it against Brentford. Um it will be interesting to sort of see how how often we use it, it without roles absence and against against sort of three-man fields as well.
2: It depends, doesn't it? As you say, mm. it depends on the team. And I still think really we're at our best when we play three up top, like 3-4-3, three, three, especially at home. I'm not a massive fan of... I think a way it works in terms of when we when we don't want to get out over running midfield. And I'm still not convinced Then a great third option, but there we go. Um But I would I would, still think 3-4-3 three, three generally, if we want to really go out and attack the game. 3-5-2 is okay if it's a tough away game against a better team or like a shit house team, I guess, like Brentford.
0: I mean, it doesn't have to be... Um, like ye- like yesterday with Dan Donkey, you could have the other man in midfield being like a like a ten or whatever. You, mm. you could you could have it that way. In the, in that case, I or potentially be perfect in that role. So rather than up up front in a two. So it it all depends on personnel as well. I mean, Raul and Huang could play as a front two. And I said this on Twitter a while ago when they were saying, "Oh well, if Trail race sold, then we, we haven't got enough wingers." Or well. Even though we stock full of them, um, well, we don't necessarily have to. If we're going to be playing with wing backs as much of a focal point as we think we're going to be, like we thought when Large came in, and how well both of them played yesterday, you don't really need wingers anyway. So it works from that point of view. So I they're wouldn't...
2: inverted forwards anyway, aren't they? Really, they're yeah. not out and out wingers. That's why Troy Aikman doesn't really fit anyway.
0: Well, it's one of the reasons, but so I'll get into that again. Okay.
1: So, next sort of two we've got. I've kind of merged them into one in a way. Um So, uh, Jamie Walters and uh, David Landucci um, have sort of, kind of posed similar-ish questions, but it's around sort of, would you rather get to the FA Cup final or have a guaranteed Europa League play slash FA Cup win or top four finish?
2: These questions hurt my head. <laughs> 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 fa cup win you get into europa league though don't
1: you yeah so i all. think yeah so i think fa cup win or top four finish so that's champions league isn't it i'm thinking yeah
2: but then um, you've still got the cup though haven't you and you've yeah. got at least you've got although it's not like the elite away like the elite teams you're playing in europe you've still got those so i'd go for the fa cup win on that question on the right
0: no, FA, cup, FA yeah. cup all day long. It's a trophy uh, in Europe for yeah. the Cup, so you know, exactly you I couldn't care less about any of that stuff. If you you win the FA Cup, you get into Europe that way anyway. Yeah, it's Europa League what we what we know and love. Um you win the Europa League, you get Champions League anyway, so just to that. There's your answer.
1: Yeah.
0: Although I did see a thing about um Spain wanting um boosters on their uh, on your Vaccination pass now, so I might have to, might have to bow down to them if, if it happens.
1: <laughs> we get, I say you see an influx of vaccination um, rates happening because of whichever team finishes in <laughs> you're interesting. <laughs> but look...
2: Le- as long as it's not the conference, Europa conference, because I'm not about that. Yeah, that
1: that feels murky
0: in my opinion. So, somewhere in Israel on a Thursday.
1: Yeah, that, that, that feels less glam. To be honest, doesn't it? Um, I mean, my 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 thought process on this league positions are temporary. Silver West forever, mm-hmm. like you know. Oh, oh, you know, like when we finished seventh um, a few years back, you know, great. In a ten years' time, uh, we'd remember the FA Cup final more, I think, or the fact we got into, you know, whatever. So, yeah, FA winning the FA Cup over. Over pretty much anything to be honest. Um right, last two, penultimate um Todd DeWitt, a friend of a fan cast, what's the worst food you've had on an away ground?
0: <laughs>
2: Eating's cheating, so I don't know. I don't eat away <laughs> ground.
0: <laughs> <Disgrace. laughs> Total disgrace.
2: Clearly. Stew saw me united. I won't eat I won't eat anything.
0: You've had that much inside <laughs> you that day that um <laughs> Kim, Kim has liquid lunches on, yeah. on
1: away games. <laughs>
0: I mean, that, there is an easy answer to this. I mean actually, yeah, thanks to Todd for the uh that scarf there, Colorado Wall scarf on the wall. Um Preston away ran about George the Dar era, that kind of when the okay. when the shitty old stand was still there and we got put in that paddock and um it went to <laughs> half time. Once we were like getting in there because we we got um we'd found a chippy so we had we had something from the chippy and it was a, a Chinese chippy never seen anything like it before um a Chinese guy with a Scottish accent just blew my mind mental uh, so we, we got in got into the ground day of everything before, but half time was quite hungry so went up and they they said our hot dogs and they didn't have any buns left so it was literally just a sausage in a bag <laughs> and it was oh. well, yeah, it was one of the rollover hot dog sausages as well, the one of the rubber things in a bag. I said, Oh, we've got some sauce. I said, well <laughs> it's not like eating bratverse, you can't just eat it off a stick. But it was like literally like eating a Greg Sausage roll in the paper basket, in the paper bag that it comes in. It was it was a terrible experience.
1: Could have not given you a try.
0: No, the day I've only left. All they had all they had was literally sausages
1: <laughs> and bags. Or like fish and chip paper.
0: Oh no! This was in the green. The chippy was oh, separate. Got, uh, yes, sausage in a bag be, at Preston.
1: I feel like there's gotta be a better solution there.
0: <laughs> I, Just I, don't I,
1: selling.
2: Just like, don't eat at away grounds.
1: Coffee cup, cut like split into. Put it in a coffee cup. I don't know. Or break it into like little chunks, but like it's for a small toddler, and give them a fork and you like I don't know little bits. Like I, I'm spitballing here because. Yeah, this is hurting the up for problem solution driven <laughs> mindset I have to live on a day to day basis. Right. Um I've this isn't actually a question because I've seen we've had a couple more um pop in, but I won't be able to put them on here. But uh Jane Waters, this is Reece Snapshot. Who's more insufferable? Thomas Frank uh or Jurgen Klopp?
0: Oh no. Um
2: That's difficult, isn't
1: it? I mean, saying like which one of your neighbours do no. you hate from yeah, it's like, Me, which one of your neighbours checked most? Both of them.
0: Klopp, Klopp can back up being a twat by the things he's won. So, by that logic, it's got to be Thomas Frank. Uh, ideally, they'd both be... We'd never they're see him in English bitter again. bitter and
2: twisted, aren't they? Yeah. Honestly, they're the worst losers ever. We're going to say Thomas Frank because it's like fresh in it. But if we were to play Liverpool next week, and although we're not... And then Jurgen Klopp to just have a strop, like he usually does. It would be Jurgen Klopp, so they're I mean, both it, as bad as each other,
0: aren't they? Eddie Howe, I'd rather have a whole night out with Eddie Howe than be even in the same division as each other. No, Howe,
1: no. I mean, that would be a bleak night out, Stu.
0: Exactly, that, this is the point. That would be more entertaining than spending any time with them two ourselves.
2: No, Jurgen Klopp would be quite fun.
0: Depends if, not if they've lost. <laughs>
1: True. <laughs> I can't imagine any managers fun to go out with if they've lost you. That's a better question. Which managers Ferguson? Thousand most? Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> That's just so but I seen... think
2: Bruno would be boring to go out with. He ain't exactly
1: yeah. life and soul. It will just tell you how shit it is at work. Like, not are not <laughs> investing in me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, tell you what, they gave me a chance. I, I can tell them what we all need to do. Like, but down the beer.
0: Bruno. So when Dan he when he said today that but, oh, um given him a day off because they need time away from her listening to him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just, he just hasn't got a filter, has he? <laughs> I love it, I love it. Right. Um right. The actual last two, just because I see them pop up on my phone, um, is a podcast called Cage Fighting have tweeted us, um, which has just seen any good films lately. I'm assuming that wasn't you, Stu, who tweeted it whilst no. mid-pod. <laughs> of, I'm trying to think if I actually... So, I don't
2: watch... I barely watch films. That's a fascinating fact about me. I, I don't watch films, so I'm passing on this. Oh, you need I'm to
0: actually Michael watch a
2: film. No, I yeah. just watch net,
1: just
0: Netflix, just series. Yeah, well, uh, there we, you go. Then throw that in. That I was going to say, we
1: can expand it to a, a Netflix show. Um, I watched... Oh, crikey... Traffic, I, I actually watched The Eternals um, last weekend, which I didn't watch in cinema, which I thought was eh. Shit. So probably, yeah,
0: the worst um, film out of all 27 of them. Easily,
1: yeah, we, we're gonna tangent a bit, but I felt there were some really good themes within it, but it should have been. I don't know why it wasn't a Disney Plus show keep the same tone but you could have fleshed it out over a lot more time and it would have been worth it there's been quite a few um harlan corbin um yes uh tv shows on netflix i think i've binged what i watched one with michael c hall a couple of years ago um but there's been a couple with richard Armitage on uh, recently as well which i've binged but i was like oh middle class people having problems and killing people <laughs> um which is the crux of most of I think his books as well from what I've seen so maybe go check him out if you want something light-hearted to watch I don't know it's, not I've just finished, it's quite easy
2: I've just finished you on Netflix
1: I ah, see I've watched the first two seasons of that
2: it's a bit unrealistic I got a bit bored towards the end <laughs>
1: because this is unrealistic
2: so I wouldn't really recommend it next on my list is what's the Ricky Gervais thing
0: oh um, the
2: afterlife yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some good reviews on that, so a bit of light hearted
0: but it's not light hearted
2: <laughs> it's not really but like you know what I mean it is banter still
0: throughout, like
2: through parts of it
0: yeah well, since, since I spoke to the two of them last week, I haven't seen another film where I have seen Afterlife, and it did make me sob
1: yeah I, like, it... I i i've watched the first season of it i've not it's still funny
2: it. though in part yeah you know what i yeah. mean yeah
1: yeah I, I i haven't watched the latest ones because um yeah i know i will sob considering you need, I to, cry, be, you
2: need to be in the right like emotional yeah. state and i'm building myself up to it
1: yeah i, I have fully watched a new season of queer i Stu. yes well done. <laughs> there we go there we go um so that that is good and probably made i don't know if this season made me cry I watched a couple of the ones in the first season that that, that got me emotional. If I feel like I'm just gonna start. What to so like do a question now? What TV shows hasn't Rich cried over? It's like, if if, it, is it a good TV show that hasn't?
0: If they ever come here, you are absolutely being nominated for a makeover 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the state of you. <laughs>
1: I I've had a very stressful evening. Trip, <laughs> so that's, all that's all I'm gonna say.
0: You look like actually I wanna bring it up again because it's a great film. Tick tick boom, with Andrew Garfield. His hair is in, as insane as yours is now.
1: I, I I will take a comparison to Andrew Garfield.
0: Yeah. Said it. You know what?
1: It will get cut at some point soon, but the fact it's kind of curling over <laughs> my ears, I think, is sort of a tipping point. I remember um,
2: your excuse before was when we were in lockdown was obviously the hairdressers were shut.
1: I uh, no, no, <laughs> But like my,
2: now, it's like... What,
1: what's my, what's my, no, my current excuse, and I think this is sort of valid, so in the next eight weeks, I've got my wife's 30th birthday, my mum's 60th, and we've got a um, family wedding. So I'm like trying to time it right. So it's probably going to get cut in like the next week or so. So it kind of... Stretches what so it's like a nice length for all the events without it being you know this.
2: That's a proper girly comment. I
1: know. Look, <laughs> I, look I, I'm just so organized in every facet of my life, as you guys know. But if, if one thing I've got a level of control, I was right, I'm just gonna get my hair cut, it'll probably be next Thursday. I reckon is what I'm thinking off the top of my head. If I can squeeze it in at work, right? Um, with one last question because fuck it why not we're already an hour and a half in um, but last question uh it's from Tara who i think follow is big in with uh, cage fighting uh, how many marshmallows can you fit in your mouth
0: <laughs> when i tried it i think i got a bit
2: you've tried it yeah is we, that did, a we thing
0: yeah dave mm-hmm. tried dave tried this as well former uh, Fancast founder david Evans. um it's harder than you think. And then there's a definition of marshmallows as well. And
2: I don't even like marshmallows that
0: much. That's not the point. That's not the, that's not the question. <laughs> it's of normal. Of the large ones, it was 10. So uh,
1: I was thinking, I reckon I could go six. That was mine for big, but I'm thinking like campfire ones.
2: Well, I've only got a little mouth, so probably five. <laughs>
0: Not a good good a place any
1: twin show.
0: Before before the, the hair comments come out, I'll I'll put this up there. I have served my time with bad yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, <I've... laughs>
1: yeah. I don't I don't think I'm ready to kind of fully join bold club though. That's my only thing. So I think it's gonna just have we're just gonna have to cope with as Stu would say single wallpaper through my uh through, <laughs> you through just... the top of my hair.
0: Just go and get an Alex band for or a, a Nevers um, tennis thing for next week.
1: I've, I was going to say uh, I'll, I'll nick one up. Be really. You've been a
2: spitting image. I know. If you have got, got... got an Alex band, people would literally be like, "Call cool, you, start to call you, Ruben.
1: I, to be fair, I've been called. I've been called worse, um, and I can always stop playing with my hair on, on the uh, on the live on the YouTube show. God, um, but we'll be back. I don't quite know when because we're not playing next weekend, are we? So, oh, five times split in a um, Norwich. We are.
2: <laughs> we're
1: back in Norwich. Of course, I'm. I'm getting my dates all mixed up here, guys. Sorry, we're we'll back it from does.
0: Norwich. Yeah, in two weeks. We on
1: the twenty-fourth. Oh three? yeah Yeah. Oh, it's, we are. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so it's, yes. So it's international break this weekend. I'm we'll getting my back. dates mixed
2: up. We'll yeah.
1: do a. We'll do our preview. Sh- we'll do our preview review show um Norwich and if I get the time I might try we might try and do something um next weekend as well if we can do um big thanks to everyone who's listened this week, as always, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves on our socials. That's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Big shout out to 90 Min Football Family Network as well as Pixel Yeti Media as
0: well. Until
1: next time, it's goodbye from Kim. Bye
2: bye.
0: It's goodbye from Stu. Just think that Kim has got a small mouth, apparently.
1: Try. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.
0: <laughs> it would be a wall spanner. Eh? On goal, C4 might yet win it here for walls, but in the.